Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by Town and Country Harlow, with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Southstand chum, the bearded legend, the one and only, the daddy-o, it's Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is genuinely episode number 299. <laughs> Thanks to everyone who tuned into last week's show uh, that turned into a very, very special standalone episode as our interview with Late Orient CEO Mark Devlin went live. Thanks again, Mark, for coming on. Thanks for giving us so much time. Uh, caught us unawares. We were expecting sort of 20 minutes, half an hour, yeah. uh, and you gave up uh, an hour and a half of your evening. So we're genuinely very grateful to you still. And thanks to everyone who, who listened. We hope you learned something from it. We hope you, your questions were answered, and we hope that uh, it added some value um, to, to you. Um, also, uh, as this is a fortnight review, thanks very much to Charlie Paul, who stood in for me uh, two weeks ago. Uh, seems such a long time ago as I was on holiday. Uh, like the comment about us loving our holidays uh, from the guy who was on holiday, <laughs> commenting about the guy who was on holiday. Love that. Thank you, mate. Well done for, uh, for standing in for me. You were brilliant. Really good. He uh, was. Really interesting. But this week, we're back to normal podcast business. Got a busy one this week. We've got three games uh, to review, a fortnight's worth of news, quite a bit going on. So bear with us. Uh, we're going to work through this as quickly as we can and as thoroughly as possible. But let's uh, let's just crack on. Sponsorship, as always, we start our shows with. Yeah, so the podcast is sponsored by Town and Country Harlow, who cover London, Essex and Hertfordshire, and they're run by Orient season ticket holders and fellow fans. And along with the Orient Outlook, have already helped loads of people move home. And the best bits is there for all O's fans and staff a discount off of their already competitive fee so you can save yourself at least a few hundred quid by giving them a call on 01279 or 07528 or you can contact the team on Twitter they can be found at TNC Harlow or the aforementioned Charlie Paul who guest hosted two weeks ago can be found on Twitter at Charlie underscore Paul P L E and town and country don't just sell houses, they change lives. They most certainly do. So Supporters Club updates, two trips to tell you about from the Supporters Club. Harrogate on Saturday the 12th of November is our uh, next journey, if you like. Coaches are leaving the Supporters Club at 8 o'clock in the morning. The adult fare is 42 quid. Concessions are 39 and under 16s are 21 quid. Uh, then we're away at Stockport County on Saturday the 19th of November. Coaches are leaving at half past 8 in the morning. £42 are adults, 39 concessions and under 16s are £21. And obviously those prices do not include your match day ticket and with the trains being up the spout as the way they are at the moment it's the safest bet to get you to and from the game so you can either go into the supporters club well you can't now because these are away and yeah. we haven't got a home game in November but um, for future uh, away trips you can go into the supporters club and book on or you can call the travel line on 07507 539 579 and Malcolm will get you booked on Great stuff. So quite a few pieces of AOB uh, on this week's podcast. Firstly, we say hello to Bulgarian George, who listens to the podcast, along with O's fan John, on the way home from work every Sunday night. So Bulgarian George, 
Welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, and we hope you enjoy learning about all the names of these special Orient players. I look forward to seeing you at a game sometime. Maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe John can bring you to one. Um, and thanks to Brian Rigby who got in touch to let us know that on Remembrance Day, the thirteenth of November, there's going to be a short service of remembrance held at St Mary's Church, which is on Church Road in Leighton. It's a nine forty-five uh, open uh, for a ten o'clock. Uh, start before a parade at half past ten to the memorial in Coronation Gardens for the formal act of remembrance at eleven o'clock. Uh, the parade will be led by the O's band, the Seventeenth Powers Battalion. Joining uh, band joining the parade will be cadets from the local army and RAF cadet service. So, just a reminder: on Remembrance Day, the thirteenth of November, you can join in the remembrance service at St Mary's Church on Church Road in Leighton, 9.45 it starts. Thank you to Brian for the email. We also got an email from the guys at Loft, so thank you to Tom for sending this one over. And they emailed us saying, I guess the cost of living crisis bites, Loft have teamed up with the Leighton Orient Trust to organise a food bank collection before the home game with Bradford City on Saturday the 3rd of December and they're looking for volunteers to help them out. The fan support and food banks initiatives have taken off at clubs around the country and as a community-rooted football club, Loft wants to play their part. So items donated will be passed on to the Lighthouse Project to a base at St Mary's Church in Leighton for Christmas hampers for those in needs and they'll be outside the score centre in Oliver Road opposite the club's main entrance between 10.30am and 12.30pm on the day of the match. So basically two hours Prior to kick off, items sought include mince pies, chocolate or biscuit boxes, jams and chutneys, Christmas puddings, I'm getting hungry now, and cake, <laughs> bubble baths, shower gel, soaps, hand creams, children's toys, hats, scarves, gloves, and thermals. So if you can help out of that in any way, you can contact the guys at Loft by emailing media at Leighton Orient Fans Trust. Dot com. Some more sterling work there from the team at Loft. Well done, chaps. Absolutely. And Absolutely. Yeah, well done, everybody. Uh, some very sad news to bring you. For those who followed Orient in the late 60s, early 70s, you may remember Richard Dickey Plume. Unfortunately, he sadly passed away recently. He was aged just 73. He made 88 league appearances for Leighton Orient, joining us after leaving Millwall. Great stuff. So lots and lots of AOB this week. So now moving on to the fortnight that was. We'll start with Happy Monday, 24th of October. Only 13 days ago. Feels like ages ago. Feels like a long time ago, all this stuff. So stick with us. Theo Archibald was named in the Skybet League 2 Team of the Week and also the EFL Team of the Week following his two-goal performance against Carlisle. Well done, Theo. Yeah, absolutely. So then Tuesday, the Tuhue Tuesday, the 25th of October. Well done. Well done. Happy birthday to Omar Beckles. Yeah, we hope Omar had a great day. And in the evening, time for the main event as Gillingham visited Brisbane Road in the O's' dedicated rainbow laces fixture. The team was announced at 6.45 with Lawrence Vigarou in goal, Tom James, Omar Beckles, Dan Happy and Rob Hunt at the back. Darren Prattley, Jordan Brown, Paul Smith, Theo Archibald, Aaron Drynan and Jaden Wareham starting for the O's. And on the bench, Sam Sargent, Shad Ogie, Craig Clay, Idris Elmazouni, Stephen Duke McKenna, 
Ruatatui and Charlie Kelman. Yeah, that meant that George Moncur missed the game as Jaden Wareham made his first league start, while Jordan Brown also returned to the starting eleven, along with Paul Smith as Idris El Mazzouni and Ruel Saturio dropped to the bench. Uh, for me, uh, quite a few changes there. I hope it doesn't backfire. I'd heard that Moncur uh, was unwell before the team was announced, so I assumed that Brown would start in his place, so there was no sort of shock there for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, still on paper, a side that can still do damage. Yeah, absolutely. Some big players missing, though, especially in that midfield area. El Mazzouni and both Moncur missing. But good to see Paul Smith uh, come back. Obviously, he didn't start the game against Carlisle on the Saturday before that. Surprised to see Jaden Wareham starting mm. over Charlie Kelman. Mm. Surprised by that one. Wareham's done well, deserves a start, yeah. but I thought, you know, at the expense of Kelman, I did raise an eyebrow there. Uh, I did put, because it was Drynan and Wareham playing together in the same 11. I hope Drynan isn't mm. playing on a wing, because I don't think you get the best out of Satiriou's or your Drynan's when they're not playing up front, front yeah. in the middle. Fair enough. We had a few tweets that came into us uh, on the announcement of the team. Wilco three hundred said he's happy to not see Moncur as he's done very little lately and probably needs a break to sharpen himself up. Interesting point there. Hames J twenty seven said Dryden on the right, Archibald on the left, Smith in the wood, middle, and Wareham number nine question mark. Mm. So lots of talk Thoughts about there. the team. So we'll cover this one as briefly as we can. Only twelve days, but it does feel like an awful long time ago. It? it does. It really does. Match got underway with the O's looking to stay top of League 2 under the very, very bright lights of Brisbane Road. Now, I did mention this. Uh, it did come up in the Mark Devlin interview. Uh, those were some bright lights, let me tell you. Yeah, championship <laughs> really standard, right? Prison standard, I would say. <laughs> like you're a prison game. Really bright. So, yeah, great stuff. Fair enough. Fourth minute then. Let's fast forward through this. Theo Archibald's effort from the right-hand side of the box. Unfortunately, was off target. Yeah, Paul Smith, who was almost playing as a number 10, he had a shot from the edge of the penalty area, which was blocked by O'Keefe. Six minutes later, Walker's half volley went over the crossbar from outside the O's 18-yard box, so not all us. No, not at all. Quite a quiet half. 34th minute, a flick on from Brown Hunt, found Jaden Wareham. He drove forward into the penalty area, and his shot went into the side netting. Probably should have done better there. On the closer look, highlights, uh, actually, it's Gillingham. It gives a really good view of that chance, he'll be disappointed he didn't hit yeah, the target there. I think so. I think any striker would be disappointed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Two minutes of additional time were played, nothing else to report. Slightly uneventful and boring first half came to a close with the team's goalless nil-nil. It certainly did. For me, very I wrote this at the time, very boring first half. But to be fair to Gillingham, they've done what they set out to do. I think, you know, uh, Neil Harris would have been really happy with the first half mm. of Gillingham. Frustrated us. We looked disjointed, obviously, with John, who was playing on the right. Smith at the 10 didn't quite have the right balance. Considering where Gillingham are in the lead, I think he'd be very grateful. The yeah, fact that absolutely. they've not conceded um, in that in that half and they frustrated us. few tweets that came in on this. Wallerad said, that was poor. Long ball's up to Wareham. Defence is all over the place. Better second half, please. Yeah, or it, it is. Though, for goodness sake, we all know about Morris and we haven't tested him. Not even once. Easiest night ever for him at Brisbane Road so far. Uh, Postolos Andre 9 said our midfield is outnumbered so we can't play through the lines hence we keep trying to go long down the wings time for El Mazzouni to come on so it's, it's an it. interesting dynamic isn't it El Mazzouni just that one player then suddenly changes the shape and the structure of your side and then you start playing yeah well it's obviously the way this game pans out he comes on when we're a goal up but I think we're going to see more and more of teams play five in the middle Five at the back, stop us. Just sit back and go, right, yeah. we know what Paul Smith can do. Yeah, crowd. Theo can do, we know what Mike Kirk can do. 
we're just going to sit back and frustrate you in time waste from minute one and until you score a goal the pressure's all on you to get that win so yeah. I think that'd be a tactic we see many times I think you could be right yeah attendance announced just over 7,000 with 7,099 people not sitting in the seats but tickets sold as was mentioned in last week's Mark Devlin interview yeah. with a decent away crowd of 936 coming to Brisbane Road all the way over from Kent. From Kent, absolutely. <laughs> Welcome to the brighter side of the street. Second half kicked off. No subs for the O's, but a tactical change. Aaron Drynan joined Jaden Wareham up top. Paul Smith moving out to the left wing and Theo on the right. Do you think that's a good use of Paul Smith? Much better than him at the number 10. Much more effective on the wing. So at this point now, you had Smith here yeah, driving forward one wing, Theo on the other. We looked a lot more dangerous and they were having to defend a lot quicker and smarter and you could tell pretty much straight away that Gillingham were not as comfortable defending against Smith when he was out wide right. uh, and it only took five minutes for the first world chances Paul Smith beat his full back on the left really easily put in a cross which got deflected ball came to Drynan we were all standing up behind the south stand goal ready to celebrate but Drynan headed over the bar should have scored there again be disappointed he's not put that one it's away it's pretty much a free header as well for him as well I think he'd be very disappointed with their that he didn't at least hit the target and made the kick make Morris work. 52 minutes then. We did take the lead though. Theo Archibald drove down the left, played in Smith, who had an who had made an overlapping run. He checked inside his man, drilled a low shot past Glenn Morris at his near post to make it 1-0. And I really didn't do that goal justice because that is a tremendous goal. Good running, good weight of pass, good shot. Did very, very well there. My droll tone, I just realised, <laughs> really didn't do that justice. That was just, that was great movement. Yeah, Theo does really well to get the assist and plays it perfectly yes. into Paul Smith. And Paul Smith, full of confidence at the moment, beats yeah. the man easily, gets a chance, his first proper chance of the game, smack, goal. And that's the quality that I think we've got this season that we've been missing yeah. for ages. We need yeah. just one chance to fall to someone like Smith. I know yeah. we'll speak about being clinical later, but in the league games, Touchwood and Smith has got a chance. He's literally buried him. And I, even at that point, I thought they're not going to equalise them. Yeah. Like, like, this is one. But great goal. Again, love to see it in front of the South Stand and doing seeing Paul Smith do his somersault league, yeah. whatever he calls it, is a pleasure to watch. Good. Good stuff. 55 minutes then, Jordan Brown was booked for a foul on Green. Yeah, he was. 63 minutes in the first sub for the O's. As Rawls to you, Came on for Jaden Worm. A big opportunity this uh, for all. He's got literally about half an hour with added time to play in the two in the middle, which is probably where he's strongest in the two mm-hmm. in the middle. So mm-hmm. I thought he's coming off a rule. You've got a big chance tonight, and you've got Smith on the left, Theo on the right. We're a goal up. You're going to get some chances tonight. You need to make, make sure, sure you take this big chance for Ron. Yeah, three minutes later. Yeah, three minutes later, Wright had an effort from twenty-five yards, which swerved in the wind. Lawrence Vigru punched the ball away. Rebound came to Baggett, whose shot went wide, high and wide. Yeah, two minutes later, second sub for the O's. As Idris Almasuni came on, replaced Jordan Brown. And seventy-two minutes, Dan Happy picked up a booking. Yeah, one minute later, then the O's doubled their lead. As also tell you, picked the ball up inside the Ginningham half. He passed out to Theo Archibald on the right. Theo drove forward as he does. Beat his man with ease. He put in a low cross. Eventually found its way to Rossatui, who continued his run into the middle. And he followed in beautifully from close range to make it 2-0. Superb finish. I'm very pleased for Ruel. He has a natural knack about him. When he's when he's when he reads the game well, he, he's in the right place at the right time and he's able to just 
bury it at certain times where you think oh you should do so much better and maybe that's why you're not starting but then there's games like the Gillingham game where he's just arriving he's in the he's in acres of space he judges the bounce per, the, the the ball perfectly the speed and, and he just gets his foot through it and just smashes it in the net I, I'm pleased for him very pleased really clean hit really clean hit and when, as soon as that goal went in you were like this this could if we really turn the screw on him turn into more at that point like a few Gillingham fans started leaving and it was done. But great to see Rule get the goal. And you can see again in his celebration that everyone's quite pleased for him. I think mm. like Smith goes straight over to him. Archibald gives him a hug. Dryden gives him a hug. And again in that closer look, you can see him almost like one by one. It's like Rules to two, he's by mitzvah. Like they're all coming <laughs> to him and giving him hugs and like handshakes. They're all delighted for him. <laughs> so great to see you there. 78 minutes. The O's made their final changes of the matches. Stephen Duke McKenna, Craig Clay and Charlie Cowan came on for Tom James Paul Smith and Theo Archibald again good game management game's done so you don't need Paul Smith on for the last 12 minutes That's keep right. him fresh same with Theo same for Tom James and again Clay Kelman Jimmy Kenner all adequate subs for the last 10-15 minutes who need minutes yeah who need all need minutes? Stephen Duke McKenna played a peach of a pass upfield to Charlie Kelman in the eighty second minute, but unfortunately his shot got blocked. That was an amazing pass that he played. A great pass there. So three minutes of added time were played out. No further talking points. The full time whistle went as the O's ran out two 0 winners and rocking all over the world, blared out across Brisbane Road to chance of we've got super Richie Wellens. Yeah, so Richie Wellens' interview is probably well listened to by now, but the point that we wanted to raise about this was he commented that the second half was exceptional when we got going I just enjoyed watching us yeah so did we Richie so did we so that meant uh, after 15 games the O stayed at the top of League 2 at this point played 15 won 11 drawn 3 lost 1 36 points and a goal difference of plus 16 so a bit of Lejanda your views on Gillingham at home yeah I mean look I, I was away so I, I didn't see the whole thing but yeah, despite it being a game of two hours, we we've secured a win, scored two very good goals, kept a clean sheet. Like, what more can you ask for, really? At the end of the day, we're not going to be playing like Man City and passing it or playing the opposition off the pitch every game. It's unrealistic um, to expect that that to happen, regardless of how good or bad another team are. They're still going to try and um, and 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 do the best that they can. We have to accept there's going to be positive aspects to our game. And there's also going to be the non-exciting, the boring bits. We're going to have to dig in. We're going to have to find ways. Like you said, you know, people are going to set up to defend and just stop us and frustrate us and, and counter us. Yeah. And we've got to find ways uh, around that side of things. The team know, teams know about our quality, to your point earlier. They know that we've got George Moncur. They know we've got Paul Smith and how dangerous he can be. Don't let him go round you. Don't touch him in the box because he's light. He'll go down. We're going to concede penalties yeah. or free kicks in dangerous positions. So just don't let that happen. So you know the quality that we've got, we can punish very, very quickly and 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 very, very lethally. So you know that's that's you know, any, I think anyone expecting much more is probably going to be quite disappointed for the rest of the season. But look, we're top of the league as it stands, game in hand, much superior goal difference. What's not to love? Yeah, great stuff. I mean, I don't remember writing these views. These will be quite interesting. Uh, another win, a clean <laughs> sheet, good times, definitely. Good point I made, actually. This was a potential banana skin, right? Because large away crowd, Tuesday night, we've seen games, many games over the years where we've seen an Orient team who are doing okay or well at that point on a Tuesday night, lose a game at home, 1-0, on a game mm-hmm. they should have won. So potential banana skin, never happened. We think we showed our quality. I think first half was pretty poor for both teams, but we are definitely a second half team this season, at home more so, I would say. But for me, Drynan on the right doesn't work. Smith... 
as a 10 doesn't work. They've got to be played. I know Smith is an amazing player. He's got to be played on a wing. For me, he doesn't play. He can't play him as a 10. Um, but second half, we really did destroy him. Honestly, from the get-go in the second half, we were great. Both goals taken well. Real really good in the middle. Rob Hunt, who doesn't probably get as much credit to what he mm. should do because he's not a goal-scoring fullback, had a great game as well. Dan Happy, again, ball distribution was superb. When you're, when you're passing it around side to side at the back and Happy would just look up and just ping a diagonal across to the Beautiful. right wing. Brilliant. Yeah. Played a few of those balls. Idris came on. I mean, you bring an Idris on Mazzuni on as a sub. Fantastic. Just mm. firmed things up, different quality. Yeah, I finished by saying top of the league. Very happy. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, agree. So those were our views. We had an awful lot of feedback that came into our social media accounts after this game. And just because we're reading the following tweets out uh, or throughout this podcast, it doesn't mean we agree with them. We add them in for balance. Ryan Smith, 1881, gets us us started this week. He said, started off slow, but a second half to show why we are where we are in the league. We are some team. Wellens is the man. What a statement. Yeah, or it meet Pye. said, excellent second half after struggling to break Jenningham down in the first. Smith and Archibald superb. Love the clean sheet too. Up the O's. Point. Sorry, is we're all, again all raving about Smith and Archibald. It's another. Cl- we team just be racking up clean sheets in the league like they're going out of fashion. Ten or Amazing. eleven now, isn't it? Ridiculous, Twelve yeah. maybe. Amazing. Ten or, ten or eleven clean sheets really out, of, out of fifteen games at that point. Yeah, at Amazing. that point. Uh, Richie J. Bourne said, brilliant second half, great goal from Smith to break the deadlock. Good team management by Richie with the subs after the second yeah. goal, to your point earlier. Managed the team well. Boatsy said, a fantastic second half performance after a lacklustre first half. Archibald was back to his best and Smith was back scoring. Big, big game against our National League rival, Salford. Follow up this result with a positive one on Saturday and will help keep our momentum. Trouser Techno said, not a great performance, but they say the top teams get a result even when not at their best. If that is the case and the future looks good for us, Duke McKenna contributed well in the time he had on the pitch and looks deserving of more minutes, onwards and upwards. Yeah, Ethan Newman. So can I just say how immense Darren Prattley has been so far this Largely season? gone under the radar like Rob Hunt. I mean, we've mentioned Prattley a couple of times in terms of standout, um, but out of 15 games, he's he has done well, but not spectacularly. He's always nominated for Hero of the Week, which I think is probably a pivotal point. Always gets good tweets about him. Never quite wins because there's goal scorers going above his head in terms of ones who are getting headlines but he's been very very solid this season pleasure to see so E10 Newman yes you can say how much noted been. noted SR Barber 1986 said it's always going to be tough playing at home now being around first place teams will come here sit back we found it hard in the first half playing too slow and were predictable the second half we definitely stepped it up and Smith and Theo did the business to push us through hashtag top of the league nice hashtag Dave Brew 47976911. So once we got Smith back on the left, the game was over. Have to say, no surprise Gillingham have only scored eight goals this season. They were devoid of any ideas whatsoever. Think they're in for a long, long season. Well on Saturday, up the table, topping O's. The occasional one said, can't say how important El Miz is to this team. We are at least 50% worse without him. Yeah, good point. Lots of different... Uh, Tweets about different players, which is always good to see mm. coming in so far. Steve Chapman 4 said, Good win against a limited but resolute team. The only way they were going to score was a via set piece, which on the whole, we defended very well. Smith, different class and deserved his goal. Salford, though, will be a different type of game. Bring it on. Ian Hutchinson 08 said, What a second half. Wellen's got it spot on tonight. The Jules came for a point, but when you have super Paul Smith in your team, you always have a chance. He's an absolute top-class footballer. 
cut out the silly fouls in our half as teams thrive on it. Oh, we're top of the league. Certainly are. Amazing bagman once, and it's scary how good both our wingers are. Electric in the second half, and Smith was unmarkable. Let the good times roll, and we are top of the league. Lots of surprise about being top of the league, but we'll never cut those out of our tweets. No, absolutely not. Masters underscore James D said, much better second half, had a real intensity to our play, and the shape was far better. First half was poor. Our propensity to play ourselves into trouble is infuriating. Too many sloppy passes and individuals and individual errors still think we can get better. Good points there from uh, James. Well made. Dear Stu, it's a deserved win, especially after the second half performance. The first half, I don't think the players even knew what formation we were playing. But as soon as Smith went wide, second half, felt more confident we would make that breakthrough. And I'm really pleased for real to get his goal. The final word this uh, for this match goes to Painting Orient, who said the type of game that showed Wellens' management at its best, with a deft handling of his resources. Theo looks to be on a mission, and Smith is just plain terrifying when running at you. A mention, however, for the unsung players, as such as Prattley, who held it together throughout. Great sweet there to end Ginningham on. So thanks to everyone who sent their views on Ginningham. Carol Langley Florist Prediction League update then. So hopefully you know by now that Carol Langley Florist are an established business. They are based in Chingford, specialising in bespoke flowers from the finest grows in the world. And they can do anything from a simple thank you to tailored wedding or event packages. And they offer 15% off to all O's fans and staff, which could give you a huge saving on your event if you are having one. So to get in touch with John and their fantastic team of experienced florists, you can give the guys a call on 0208 529-4130 or you can get in contact with the guys on social media. They are on Twitter at Carol Langley E4 or John can be found on Twitter at Essexbiz, which is double Z. You can also find the team on Instagram at Carol Langley Florist and they can be found on Facebook at Carol Langley Florist. So we had loads and loads of correct predictions right in this one. Loads of you got three points. Big of a shout out for Alex LOFC, Steve Chaplin four. Edward K5421 2196, Paul R. Gregory, The Authentic Gaz, and Jason Kilby6, who all predicted 2 0 and one of the scorers, so get four points. Nobody got the maximum five points. Yeah. And a top of the prediction league table update will follow at the end of the episode. Absolutely. Nicely done. So let's move on then. That covers Gillingham off. So Wednesday the 26th of October, the club announced a home game against Bradford on Saturday the 3rd of December. will now kick off at 12.30 to avoid any potential clash with an England World Cup fixture. Yeah, so that's one to remember that. Set that in your diary. You don't want to turn up at three o'clock as everyone else is leaving. Uh, the ground <laughs> you may be gutted <laughs> In the evening, the young O's were in action away against Watford in the under-17 London Cup and despite having the better chances the first half ended nil-nil but the young O's did take the lead in the 51st minute as Afghastidis scored from a deflected effort and then we went two up in the 58th minute St Louis booted the ball up the pitch to Afghastidis he knocked the ball forwards with his head bursting through a goal but unselfishly squared the ball to Smith Kawazi who finished it and we won the game 2-0 well done to the young O's it's a brilliant result fantastic brilliant very well done to the young O's there. So nothing to report on Thursday or Friday, the 27th or 28th of October, although the 28th was my 10-year wedding anniversary. Oh, Mrs L has uh, put that put up with me for 10 years or more, so all good. 
brilliant stuff. All about Tier One is Taxi or Wedding. Never forget that. Never yeah. forget watching a band rehearse Tier One. Played yeah. it slightly slow. I was like, no, boys, come on, up it a bit. It's a bit faster. Did you say and that? They were looking at their, their sheet music, and I was like, I know what you're trying to play here. Come on, let's go. Yeah, amazing. Did you say it to I did, yeah. Did you? Absolutely. Great stuff. I hope you had a lovely anniversary. We did, thank with you. Mrs. L. So, Saturday, the 29th of October, then, the under 18s were in action in the morning against South and United at home. Unfortunately, lost the game. 1-0, so unlucky there to the Yummos. Yeah, absolutely. So the main event of the day was the Salford City at home. It's our dedicated Remembrance Day fixture. And as always, before the match, we run a Twitter poll to find out how you think we're going to get on in this one. And after just 177 votes, 9% thought we'd lose, 28% thought we'd draw, but a whopping 63% thought that we'd win. So thanks to everyone who took the time to vote. Yeah, great stuff. So the team of this one announced at 2pm, consisted of Lawrence Vigor in goal at the back, Tom James, Omar Beckles, Dan Happy and Rob Hunt in midfield, El Mazzuni, Dan Prattley and uh, Theo Archibald, Paul Smith, Ralph Satouriou, and Aaron Drynan. On the bench, Sam Sargent, Shadogi, Craig Clay, Jordan Brown, Stephen Duke McKenna, George Moncur, and Charlie Carman. That meant there were two changes to the O starting lineup from the Gillingham match on Tuesday night as Royal Saturio and Idris El Mazzuni replaced Jordan Brown and Jaden Wareham, who both dropped to the bench. Yeah, a decent team again, no real surprises there. I thought Royal might get a start based on his half hour. Uh, appearance against Gillingham and, the goal. and obviously scoring uh, the goal I just yeah. hoped he was playing as part of two in the middle Yeah, uh, good to see Moncur on the bench again following having his teeth out basically yeah yeah, I agree with you good to see Idris back in the starting lineup. hope Ruel can produce the goods after his goal on, on Tuesday night deserves it so yeah all good for me yeah a few tweets before the game kicked off John P. Leach so looking at the lineup. I think we'll carry on from where we left off Tuesday night and play 4-4-2. Better late than never, said not short of forwards. No, there's a lot of attacking options uh, on the bench, which is mm, always good, good to spot. see. Before the match kicked off then, the 17th Powers Battalion Band played the last post a minute silence then followed as the O's were looking to get clear at the top of League 2 against the Salford team, who weren't doing too badly, they were in fifth place. Yeah, not much action to talk about until really the 14th minute as Orient took the lead. Uh, Paul Smith got into the box, beating his man. He was hauled down. Everybody stopped waiting for the referee to point to the spot. He didn't. And the quick-thinking Smith got up, beat two defenders, and then from close range, with his slightly weaker foot, the left foot, <laughs> smashed the ball past King to the far post to put us 1-0 up. I don't know what else I could say that hasn't been said about Paul Smith. I mean, if everyone listening to this podcast would have seen that goal. I mean, it was a penalty anyway. And he doesn't get it. He just gets up, literally, unbelievable. Dances past two men like they're not even there, and he yeah. smacks it into the bottom far post. What a season he's, he's having! Scary, it seems to be literally now. Used to be month by month you have a Paul Smith special, and it was like fortnight by fortnight you have a Paul Smith special. Literally now on a weekly basis in the league <laughs> game, he's doing something like that or contributing to someone else who's doing something like that. Ridic- yeah. Like literally every week, there's like a tweet from like ITV Three going, "Oh, another like goal from Oran or Sky Bet League Two again." And yeah, things you love to see. It's like, and I think it was Elliot uh, Christie made that Paul Smith like reel, that forty-five second reel of his goals this season, which is like phenomenal. Like scissor kicks, solo goals, like bangers, and you're like, it's only, only it's kids. only October. Yeah, we're in. It's ridiculous, amazing. At this point, yeah, absolutely superb right. goal. Superb <laughs> goal. I mean, aside from the fact that he was fouled in the box, he's because <laughs> he, he, like, that was a foul. You're yeah, right. Yeah, that, yeah. In my opinion, that was a penalty as well. He's tenacious 
and dogged and determined, yeah. like nothing's going to stop him from doing what he needs to do. He gets up after he's been fouled, carried on. He's played to the whistle. Yeah, he He's has, done yeah. exactly what he should do. He hasn't stopped and thrown his fists into the grass. Oh, why? Da, 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 and all. He's got up and he's gone, right, I didn't get it. I'm going to just do what I need to do. And he dances around two players, like you say, and yeah. he bash it, smashes it past King. Fantastic. That That is exactly what players should be doing. Yeah, fantastic goal. So, great early start for the O's in 15th minute. And Smith had an effort blocked after getting on the end of two race cross. That was Smith for Salford. It came to Watt, who bended a long-range effort just wide. 25 minutes on the clock here. And Theo Archibald did well out on the right. His cross made its way to Real Soturio, who just couldn't make a solid connection with it. Yeah, on the half-hour mark, Idris Elmazuni received the ball with no pressure from the Salford defence and urges of the crowd to shoot. You could tell, so he's got the ball, and was like, shoot. He looked up, you knew he was going to have an effort, decent effort from 25 yards, swerved, but Tom King got his fingertips to the ball and tipped it behind for a Good corner. strike, that. That was goal bound. It's, no it's good keeper, King, for Salford. Yeah, yeah, decent. Yeah. yeah. 34th minute in. Yeah. Massive, massive chance for the O's. Rob Hunt played the ball forward for Aaron Drynan. King came out of his goal, got there first, but spilled it to fairly close range. Drynan found himself with an empty goal, slightly tight angle if you're being. Uh, pleasant not that time to Dryanen and he shot and it hit the post and didn't go anywhere it's else it's got a cross goal and hit the far post let's be accurate about this he should have scored million percent <laughs> one million percent an inch to the left that's a goal in the bottom corner of the far post but what about all the rest of the goal that he had to aim at now don't get me wrong could I have done better no but he's a he's a he's a he's a very good striker very good technical striker um, we can laugh about it because we won, we won the, game. the game. Had they got down the other end and equalised after the 38th minute, I don't think we'd be laughing about it uh, so much. But yeah. surprised he didn't score that. Should have done. And I think it's one of those where I refer back to Richie Wellens once talking about match sharpness in a post-match press conference and some players where they're not getting all the minutes and they're not got that sharpness about them. I think this is probably an example of that. I think Drennan will, Drennan will reflect on that look back over that and probably do a bit of practising to make sure that doesn't happen again. But I appreciate it's probably a, a, a quick set, split second decision yeah. that he's going to do that. But he's hit the far post. He's gone all the way across goal. He's only got to curve it in. You know, uh, I say only. <laughs> I make it sound like I can do much better. Obviously, I can't. Um, and in that situation, would I hit the target? Maybe not. Maybe. I don't know. But I would expect him Stop to have playing. done that. Yeah, yeah, he should have scored. So, golden chance gone. A minute after, Ibu Torre was booked after an altercation with Theo Archibald, who was basically winding well, up Torre. But it was working, so... He's a proper wind-up merchant, isn't he? Yeah, really player you so. hate to have against you, but love to have on your side. 42 minutes now, so just shy of the half-time whistle here. Corner came in from Salford. What took it for Selrow's highest, but his header went over the bar. Yeah, nothing else to talk about in the first half. Two minutes of additional time played as the O's went in at the break, won them up. Yeah, attendance was announced at 7,626 with 200 and two just making it uh, to the away end. Didn't look that busy. Um, from what I saw, from the pictures that I saw, uh, maybe 100, 150 people there. They all sat so sporadically apart from each other. Like, it's hard, you know, as an away sport, I guess if you, the closer you sit together, the more noise you can make and Correct. generate. They were all like miles apart. They're not interested in that. They're just out a day trip in London, aren't they? Bonkers. Bonkers. A few tweets came in to us at half time. Steve Cab 
1-2-1. So Paul Smith continues his impression to footballing great. <laughs> Against Doncaster, he scores like Pelé. In the form escape to victory. Versus Gillingham, he uses his pace and skill like Mbappe. Wow. And today, he decides to give us Lionel Messi. Can't wait for the next one. Wow. That's brilliant. Well done, Steve. Yeah, like that one. Jason Kilby 6 said, we needed that second goal. Can't see Salford being that poor again in the second half. Hunt's least impressive half of footy for us so far. Impressive press and work rate. Incredible goal from the maestro. Come on, O's. Let's keep it going for 90 this time. Good point there. No changes for the O's at half-time. Three minutes into the second half, Theo Archibald slid Wolves to you through from a tight angle and off-balance rail. Saw his shot go well wide. That was a decent chance. He should have done better than Correct. that. Correct. Yeah, agree. And that's what I was talking about where Ruel lets himself down a bit. Like yeah. He does brilliantly against you. Scores a great goal against you. In right place, right time, good run. Read the game, read the match well. And then here we go. Oh, it's a tight angle, but he just yeah. should have done better. Craig Clay was uh, replaced, sorry, Darren Prattley in the 54th minute. Yeah, another big chance for the O's in the 57th minute. As Idris El Mazzouni won the ball. Threaded in Paul Smith, who went through one on one. He took his shot very early, and King saved the ball, which went out for a corner. He had a lot more time there than what he realised. Smith, mm. he could have driven it forward a bit and got a better angle. But you know, good keeper and King and a decent save. So I can't be mad at Paul Smith for anything. Yeah, Ruel was slightly better positioned as well. Yeah, good I point think for that. Um, there, sixty-three minutes then, so it's almost two 0 Steo Archibald's corner was headed goalwards by Dan Happy, but defender on the line deflected the ball over the bar. Unlucky there from Dan. Yeah, all Orient at the moment. Salford were offering absolutely nothing in this one. Sixty-ninth yeah. minute, Dryan putting a low cross this time, just missed the outstretch for Osatuyu. And two minutes later, Dryan had an effort himself from an angle, but that was well over the bar. Second change for the O's in the 78th minute as Theo Archibald was replaced by George Moncur. Yeah, 81st minute. So I remember this. Tom James hit a powerful free kick. It hit a man, hit one of their subs, bang on face, yeah. in the head. I'd be dead. I'd be crying. Yeah. Honestly, I don't know how he took it, this guy. It hit him straight in the face and went out for a throw in. And shortly after, I made a point that Moncur took a ball straight to the face and literally, like, Went down like Obviously, with his wisdom cuts. teeth. Like the worst time he could have taken a ball in the face. Literally, yeah. he was off about 30 seconds. <laughs> took a ball in the face and was like dead. Was on the floor. I said to like uh, a few guys around, so I, I don't know why Monko's playing because obviously he ain't. He can't take a ball to the face. He's not going to be like, heading it, is he? Honestly, you saw. I think I put it in for, for reference because their player took a literally a Tyson like blow to the head and like shoved it off. <laughs> and Monko took not. Don't get me wrong, no one likes taking a ball to the face, but he took it to the face and Moncur was like straight down like a sack of spuds, as anyone would be yeah. if they just had their wisdom teeth out. Yeah. Uh, and playing football like three days later. Yeah. So yeah, third play. <laughs> won a free kick in the 84th minute. It was quite a decent position to be fair, but Odin Bailey fired well over the bar. Again, at this point, you just knew they weren't. Salford weren't going to get anything out. Well, I thought I thought potentially because we've had so many opportunities and so many ch- like good chances yeah. they get one and take it and they walk away with a point under an undeserved point that's what I thought when I saw that coming up and I thought yeah this could end up going quite badly wrong for us different Orient team I think I'm hoping this season I felt the same against Ginningham at a point where their man got to rebound and smack it over the bar but you know it wasn't to be third and final change for the Odin in the 89th minute so to you was replaced by Stephen Duke McKenna. Yeah, three minutes of added time and up on the board. The match threatened to boil over with fisticuffs between Paul Smith and Odin Bailey, who both got booked. Drinnen had an 
opportunity but fired over with the last attack of the game as Touré's cross was claimed by Lawrence Vigrou. Shortly after, referee brought the match to a close and it was another three points for the O's from rocking all over the world. Blared out across Brisbane Road along with the Super Witchy Rellens chant going around the ground for the second time in five days. Richie clearly enjoying the win against one of his former employers as well. Very good point, well made. As he headed towards the South Stand to take his applause. He certainly did enjoy that. He enjoyed that. Well, he enjoyed walking past the away fans a bit too much, I would say. Slowed down a bit, made sure he was walking past them. Uh, And there was one guy who was giving him... You could see one guy really pointing at him and really giving him... uh, an earful, and you can see Wenin's laughing to himself very loudly and bowling past the Salford fans, as obviously we were loving it. So, well done to Richie there. Richie's uh, post-match interview, uh, we're not going to play it, but I think a seminal quote from it was quite short and quite sweet. Richie saying, proud, that's the word. That's the word he described, that performance of that performance. Yep, so the league table, we are still top of the league. We have now played another game, which is obviously 16 games now. 12 wins, 3 draws and a loss. Goal difference is now better at 17. And we have accumulated 39 points. Second place, Stevenage, it's worth noting. They drew, as did third place, Northampton. Meaning we have a 9-point cushion, plus the game in hand, over fourth-placed Swindon Town. We also have that over um, Stevenage and Northampton. Unbelievable. 39 points out of 48 Phenomenal start to the season. It's incredible. Ridiculous. Yeah, really is. Uh, my views on that, I mean, oh, what more can we say that hasn't already been said about this side? There is something very, very special happening here. We've got a quality of player in our team, unlike we've had before. Technical quality of our players is out of this world. And that's no disrespect to any of the former players that are listening to this, uh, or former sides at all. It's just this side that we've got are an exceptionally high standard, high quality side. I wasn't at the game, but I managed to catch some of it. Towards the end, you could see Salford players were losing their call, um, physically hitting out our players, like in the Paul Smith situation. I don't know what, the, maybe we were winding them up, I don't know, but they were clearly lost their tempers and were physically hitting out here. So they'd lost their lost their call. Archibald, proper wind-up motion, didn't he? <laughs> Proper one, yeah. I love it. Um, Richie, I'm sure, would have taken great pleasure in beating his former employers, and Smith will be a player of the season contender for League Two, not just for Leighton Orient, but he'll certainly be a player of the season uh, when those awards are distributed. And I'd be surprised if he's with us next season. I know what Mark uh, Devlin said last week about Ooh, players looking okay. at, being looked at. I've got no inside knowledge yeah, about this, this is just my thought process. I know what Mark was alluding to that you know players naturally are going to be attracting interest from higher up the pyramid it happens I'm sure there are scouts flocking to the top of League One from the championship looking at who they can poach and pinch and whatnot it doesn't surprise me at all um, but you can tell Paul Smith he joined us from, from a championship side where obviously he wasn't managed properly in terms of his his health and his fitness we are now doing that because we realise that if you play him week in week out for 90 minutes 94 minutes at a time he's going to break down yeah. and that's just how he is but if you can manage that properly like Richie is you're going to get stellar performances 7 goals in 16 games from from him and, and assists as well uh, defensively at this point 10 clean sheets in the league out of 16 amazing um, so many stats flying about. We get tagged in loads of accounts that are flying stats yeah. here. Lowest goals conceded in the league, um, uh, the expected goals a game, and 
um, um, clean sheets and all these other fantastic stats. It's, I can't remember the last time that yeah. actually happened to Great us. To see. Probably before social media was a thing. It's probably yeah. when all this kind of thing happened. Um, yeah, love the FA Cup. I hope we have a good run in it. Not to the detriment of our league, though, is how I finish up. Because obviously, coming up, we had crew next. Yeah, I your think, thoughts? Uh, I think I kept this quite short at the time. Again, I can't remember what I wrote. Every game I was at, I wasn't out. I've gone on quite yeah, a bit. There. Not bad. Good point there about Paul Smith maybe not being here. I think two year deal, isn't it? It all depends on where we finish in the league. If we're a League One club next season, and again we are being so premature, it is. There's a lot of big Orient players out of contract. In the summer, mm-hmm. biggest two by a mile of Vigaru and Paul Smith. If we were a League One club, I think they'll probably stay. I really do. If we we're a League Two club, no chance of them staying. Mm-hmm. But obviously, that's for a later podcast, and I'm sure people listening to this and probably starting to freak out a little bit. So just, just calm cool. down, turn it down, keep calm, and keep listening. So, yeah, that was a really one-sided one-nil game. We battered them in that one. Yeah. Uh, Every player in that one played well. There wasn't one player who I could look at and go, actually, you were a five and anyone else was an eight. They were all decent eight out of ten performances, which was great. Okay. Paul Smith, like I said, goal rules, stats, everything is coming up. Even the Northern Ireland FA tweeted about that goal. So Did they really? Yeah. So, interesting if whether he gets a call up, which actually could work to our detriment, because if he gets called up, we'll probably end up still playing uh, our league fixture without him so Correct. actually Northern Ireland don't worry about Paul Smith he's not, actually not very good he's not, so he's not one of yours yeah interesting position now uh, I put at this point for Richie do you go for it in the FA Cup now, do you play your strongest 11 to keep them on that winning run and to keep that winning mentality going or do you give squad players time against crew obviously we'll come on to that but when I wrote that I didn't know we were not going to be doing a podcast the following day yeah because of Devlin um but what a week. Two tough home games that week. Two wins, two clean sheets, two good performances, six points. Amazing atmosphere in particular in the South Stand. And you could really feel the energy coming off the South Stand. And we've sat there long enough when it's been flat and it's not mm. been great. Mm. And you're sitting there and it's cold mm. and it's rainy and they're passing and the ball's going out of play and they're not being Sloppy. good. It was a real good high energy vibe in the South Stand, both of those games, which was really, really... Good to see Wellens getting credit, players getting credit. Amazing. Long may that continue. Love that. So we had a lot of feedback after this one as well. So we're going to read a few of these out here. Shrimpy underscore boy starts this one off, says, could have been three or four nil with the chances that we wasted. I think Kelman will be licking his lips to get back in the team after the relatively poor performances from Ruel and Drinnen. Interesting point there. DR3W Yellops are dominant, absolutely dominant. Every time I see the best of Paul Smith, I'm proven wrong. Salford could not handle him or anyone who was on that pitch. Yeah, this this is a little bit too soon, Perry. Stone at Stonemeister said the O's have now played ten of the other thirteen top teams, taking twenty-four points from a possible thirty. We are deservedly top of the league. Richie and the boys clearly know how to win. Can we? When can we start talking the P word? You can talk about Prattley any time you want on this podcast. <laughs> Paul Smith. Yes, <laughs> too soon to start talking about promotion. Great stat, though, the first half of that. Great stat, yeah. yeah, yeah. We, you know, it's not the lower teams we've played. 10 out of the top 13 is a fantastic stat. Alan Reese too, it's a fantastic. Should have been more comfortable. I was worried towards the end there. Just need to be a bit more clinical 
and we have the complete League 2 team. Yeah, Steve, LOFC, NUFC said, Happy and Beckles were immense. Smith was not only fantastic going forward, but made some important defensive contributions He did, he won well. a few free kicks where he just nipped in there and took the ball out of their attack and drove it forward and won a free kick. So therefore getting the pressure off us and onto them. Southend Bob said that was a 1-0 battering. Should have been more, but we'll take an excellent win. Gary Talbot 7 said, Wellens will come out and demand more. The man is becoming a legend and will banish complacency. Good sweet. Record Blue Apps are one of our best performances in a very long time. While looking confident and comfortable, I was still nervous. Thought we closed down fantastically well and didn't let Salford have a sniff of the ball. Paul Smith, fantastic again. Would have preferred 3 or 4, but we'll take 1-0 all season long. And in response to that, Terry.com said, Our in-game management was spot on today. Did the little things well and closed down quickly. A couple of other decent half chances too. We're becoming horrible to play against. Love it. Yeah, we certainly are. Me, Baker, 2001. To talk about the easiest 1-0 Orient win I've ever seen. Pressing, passing and the movement were all terrific. We should have had more. But I'll take three points any day. Sunshine LOFC said, A more one-sided home win you will never see. A pleasure to watch. We should have won by three or four. Daniel underscore D44 said, A superb team performance. Smith totally unplayable. Defence was unbreakable. The midfield didn't stop running. And Vigoru was just a spectator. Only missing was a second goal. But Wellens, we trust. Yeah, Kevin Cowland said, That was outrageous by Paul Smith. What a goal. What a talent. Terrific match. We were brilliant and 5-0 wouldn't have flattered us. We're only 27 points clear of the bottom two though. Another 11 points needed for safety. Kev, I think you can relax mate. I think we'll be okay this year. Doyle underscore Hooper. So dominated Salford who were poor. Happy and Beckles were immense. Smith was way too good for League 2. If we had a clinical striker through the middle, it would have been 3-0. But you can't fault the hunger, desire and togetherness in this team. Good time to be an O's fan. Kyle Fear 01 said we looked completely in control for 90% of the match. We were absolutely horrible to play against. One of the best off-the-ball performances I've ever seen from us. We did not let them breathe at all and we should have scored more, but it seemed like we had it covered. Absolutely brilliant. Some really, really high praise coming out here tonight. Seb Kane, so we need to tie Paul Smith down to as long a contract mm. as he will sign. But if we go up, hopefully, we can convince Elmiz the way we do with Archibald too. The three of them are absolutely key. LOFC Teresa said, What a game. Loved every second. How we didn't score three more goals, I'll never know. But what spirit this team have. One aim, one direction, one amazing aura. That's a really good point about the spirit and the togetherness of the side. It's all well and good having these good individual players. But if they're not playing well as a team, as you've seen in the upper echelons of the football pyramid, you can have all these superstars in your team. But if they're not connected, if they're not gelling as human beings and as fellow professionals it all goes to pot and you'll end up in a really bad situation yeah great point got the right personalities the right characters in the team and it it appears very much from the outside anyway that that spirit is definitely uh, there Mm. within the changing room Theresa you should definitely copyright that one aim one direction and one amazing orient because before you know it that'll be on a tweet or something you're lucky Danny Macklin's not CEO still (laughs) we'd have already done that Ben Ben 1980 (laughs) said there was amazing energy in the air today the east stand was buzzing joining in most chants starting from the north or the south players, fans and non-playing staff well done Salford were wrestled from minute one the safest wonder performance I've ever witnessed this team now is special. We have a wizard, a magician, security guards, bouncers, hunters, poachers, brick walls. But most of all, each and every player is smiling from ear to ear and have each other's backs unconditionally. 
amazing attributes to have. It's a great tweet as well. Yeah, really good tweet. Orin Electric said, Dan Happy is the most improved player this season. Outstanding from him today. Again, just pinging <clears> it literally out wide. Superb to see. Tony Russell, 28, said, spent the second half worrying that we might get punished for missing all those chances when really I should have just relaxed and enjoyed another dominant display. Still getting used to Orin actually being this good. Good tweet. <laughs> Linda Brogan said, an absolute masterclass from Smith in showing how playing to the whistle and not having a strop when decisions don't go our way pays off. Great to see more confidence in front of goal. Very excited for the rest of the season and very proud to be an O. And the final word on Salford goes to Stroud Green O. He said, one of the most dominant displays I can remember. Made Salford look rubbish. Absolute class midfield winning back the ball. Only complaint is that I thought we were a bit complacent going forwards at times, playing as though we were free up. But 1-0 really flattered them. So those were all the views post Salford. Carol Langley Flores Prediction League update. Well done to those who correctly predicted 1-0. J39439551 and Wadsey. That tall O's fan and 1965. AC1881. Well done to you. But extra special kudos to LOFC underscore Dan, Orient Rob, Wings Mad and James O'Hagan who all correctly predicted the score of 1-0 and also Smith to score. So they all get four points and three points respectively. Top of the Prediction League roundup will come at the end of this episode. It certainly will. Sunday, the 30th of October, last Sunday, then the O's ladies were in action against Brentford and after going a goal behind in the fifth minute, they equalised through Feldman in the 24th minute and the first half finished one all. But in the second half, Brentford retook the lead from a free kick in the 48th minute. With the game coming to its end, Miller headed in an equaliser for the O's in the 79th minute to make it 2 all. And in the 84th minute, Bates hit one into the top corner to make it 3 2 to the O's. And that is how the match finished. So well done to the ladies. Yeah, well done, ladies. Uh, the Leighton Orient Trust hosted Football for All tournament. And the Rainbows uh, representing the O's, I think, were knocked out in the semi finals as Millwall went on to win the tournament. So no shame there. Well done, Rainbows, and well done to everyone involved in that tournament. Great stuff. Monday, the 31st of October. No news at the club, but happy Halloween to everyone. So we move on then to Tuesday, the 1st of November. The club confirmed what Mark Devlin had exclusively mentioned in our interview with him last Sunday, as it was announced that our Boxing Day home game against Stevenage had been moved to the 27th of December. I think it's going to upset a lot of people that love a Boxing Day, traditional Boxing Day game. Kickoff is 12.30. It's going to be broadcasted live on Sky Sports. And that also meant it had a knock-on effect to our game uh, against Newport County. That was scheduled to be played on Thursday, the 29th of December. That has now been pushed back a day to Friday, the 30th of December. And that is a kickoff time of 7.45. So update your calendars because uh, Boxing Day game is no more. It's a day later. Newport is now also a day later. It's been a long time since the O's have been in a league game on Sky Sports, if I remember rightly. I can't the remember. last one. I'm thinking Brentford. It's probably, well, it's probably playoff, been since then. Playoff final, I would imagine, would have been the last one. The last yeah. live game. So Peterborough. Let's, let's not talk about that one. Let's not talk about it's the playoff like eight years, final. It? Yeah, I can't. Like no, because National League was all BT. Wouldn't it have been. Uh, League 2 if anyone's listening Martin Strong or anyone who's listening who will know yeah, let us right. know yeah, I've got yeah, a feeling it will be the playoff final you're probably right in the evening the Young O's were in action away to Sutton United in the first round of the FA Youth Cup and took the lead 
In the 36th minute, as Charlie Pegram won a penalty and stepped up to convert it and made it 1-0, which is how the teams went in at the half-time whistle. But Sutton equalised in the 80th minute and then had a penalty of their own in the 84th minute. But Phillips, in the Orient goal, saved the spot kick, meaning the match finished one all, well and extra time was needed. And it was the O's who won the game. In the 115th minute, Obiero played smith Kawazi through. He shot into the bottom right-hand corner of the net to make it 2-1 where we just saw bare limbs and all the coaching staff, if you've seen it, all go and go into the corner flag to celebrate. That's how the match finished. The O's are in the second round. Well done to the young O's. Yeah. Fantastic performance there. Well done. Great result. Great to save a penalty as well. That that keeper will absolutely love that and dine off of that. I saw the highlights, but it's literally from a camera angle, which is miles away, so you can like barely see it. But it looked like it was a good penalty save and the goal good. looked good. So, yeah, great stuff to see we get in the second round. So, Wednesday the 2nd of November, very happy 21st birthday to Orient Loan signing Charlie Kelman. Yeah, hope he had a good one. And in the evening, we were in London Senior Cup action away at Cray, Cray Wanderers. So, it's starting 11 Jonathan in... Ross Moment, getting, too excited. <laughs> getting too excited getting too excited see at this lineup. some names uh, we've not seen in a while Sergeant Wood Connor Wood Connor Wood Ogbidor Ogie Sweeney who was our captain for this one Brown Duke McKenna Clements and Krumer Wareham and Kalman which meant on the bench we had Sapanara Davies Welch Pegroom and Afkastidis yeah despite creating some chances in the first half the half ended goalless. However, we ended up losing the game, unfortunately, 1-0 thanks to a solitary goal from the home side in the 69th minute. And for me, I'm a bit surprised we lost this given how many first-team players were in the squad and the quality of the player that we do have in the first team now. I'm sure they would have been keen to have given Richie Wellens a bit of a selection headache ahead of the upcoming game uh, at the weekend uh, in the FA Cup and, and, and get an opportunity to have a little run in the team. Obviously didn't do well enough there. Um, it's a bit of a shame really yeah surprising result there congratulations to the Wanderers who go through to the next round also on Wednesday as exclusively revealed in our interview with Mark Deflin last week the club announced that the Bradford game on the 3rd of December which is Saturday 12.30 kickoff, will be the kids for a quid game and our home game two weeks later against Sutton United on the 17th of December will be our football for a fiver game so taking advantage of the World Cup no Premier League football so if you've got a Premier League mate and their kids are bored, get them to go down yeah. the O's and maybe get support in their favourite new team. I'm going to buy your tickets early. For the sake of the quid and a fiver, I'd end up I'd buy them early. Uh, and there will be probably no shortage of takers if you need to resell. Thursday, in fact, I think the club are even putting that into place, the resell option that Mark said last yeah. week, didn't he? Um, anyway, Thursday, the 3rd of November, quiet day, no news to report. No, I mean, Friday, the 4th of November, then Paul Smith was nominated for the PFA League 2 Fans Player of the Month Award with the results being announced later this month. So we wish Paul all the best. He's in a public vote. So if you're not voting for Paul yet, go uh, and look at the club's tweet or Paul's own tweet on his Twitter account and go and give him a vote. Let's see if he can win that one. Yeah, so Saturday the 5th of November. Happy 19th birthday to young Orient player Dan Nkrumah. We hope you're well and we hope you had a good day. Absolutely. Main event on Saturday was Crew Alexandra away in the first round of the FA Cup. Before the game, again, we ran a Twitter poll and after 190 votes, 15% of you thought the O's would lose this one, 22% thought the O's would draw with a whopping 63% thinking the O's would go and win away at Crew, And as always, thank you for all of your votes on our Twitter polls over the last fortnight. Absolutely. So the team was announced at 2 o'clock. Vigaru, James, Beckles, Ogie and Hunt with Clay, Brown, Moncur, 
Duke McKenna, Saturiu and Kelman substitutes for this one. Sergeant Happy, Sweeney, El Mazzuni, Prattley, Archibald Smith, Drynan and Werriman. Yes, they are all on the subs bench because you can have more than in the league. Yeah, for me, I thought that was a decent team there. And some good, strong players on the bench uh, to bring on. Mm-hmm. if needed, but slightly stronger than what I thought would be seen, actually, so I was quite pleasantly surprised. Yeah, but there's quite a few changes there, I, th- I noted. I'm not sure I'm keen on that, but I hope those coming in equip themselves well enough and give Richie a bit of a headache ahead of, you know, we've got a two-game week now uh, coming up. So, yeah, a few too many changes for my liking. I appreciate players need to get minutes in yeah. their legs, but if you are to be successful, I don't believe in breaking up a winning side. And I know Richie answered my point in our interview with him, when we were talking about do you break up a winning side, yeah. and his his answer was not fussed about a winning side. I'm about a side that can win a game. Fair enough, I understand that. I have a slightly different viewpoint, but fair enough. Yeah, absolutely. Quite a few tweets when the team got announced. Len M4 said happy with that team. Players who've needed a rest have been given one. Uh, yes, they have. And R Coral 1972 said, don't know why Wareham hasn't been given a start. To be honest, if you're not got him. If you're not going to start him in a game, you really don't care about about him then. When are you going to play him? Yeah, I guess we'll see on that one. Les LK52 says, slightly disappointed. Would have liked to have seen our strongest team, mm. but still a decent starting 11. On paper, it really is. Safehand00 said, five of the first 11 starting. I think Richie Wellens has got that right. Hope we win, but could... Mu- you okay, we- there, Mr. Levy. No, I'm not. Hope we win... But could but would rather would much rather three points when we play crew away on December the tenth in the league and I don't know why I struggle with that. No. <laughs> Sorry, safe hands. Apologies that I've uh, completely fluffed your tweet. There's a very good point though. Let's get going then. So the match got underway. A wet, horrible crew. Alexandra, who had just demoted their manager, so their manager has gone from manager to assistant manager, and the yeah. assistant manager became manager. But yeah. he did that voluntarily. Yeah, I think that he knew. wasn't a demotion. I, I think he knew. I think he knew it was coming. I think it was either that or probably get the boot in a couple of games. Uh, uh, they, yeah, they're not doing very well. No, they haven't. they just came well. down from League One. Well, that was under David Artel, wasn't it? Um, yeah. To, and they didn't start well. He got fired and then this guy's come. Well, Donny came down. Manager's already been sacked. Rochdale came down. Manager's already been sacked. Crew came down. Manager's already been replaced. I don't know who the fourth one was. I can't remember. Wimbledon. I imagine the manager's Wimbledon. Wimbledon. Yeah, so Johnny Jackson's still in the job. Just. Hopefully, after Tuesday, he won't be when he always go there. But we'll Ooh, talk about that later. Lasty. He's a nice guy, Johnny Jackson. I take that back. Yeah. Um, fourth minute in, Ross had the first real chance of the game. He had a decent chance to open the score in tight angle, under pressure. His shot went wide just across the goal. Yes, it absolutely did. I've seen Ruel score from much tighter angles, though. I'm a bit disappointed that he didn't at least hit the target there. Probably should have done better. But a minute later, we had the ball in the back of the net. George Moncur picked the pocket of a crew player, drove into the box, got his shot off. It was saved by Oconquo. Charlie Kelman followed up, got the ball in the back of the net. However, the referee saw a foul and disallowed the goal. Annoying there. A lot of. Uh, I don't think it was, but. Yeah, it's one of those where, you know, if it's for you, you're mad about it. If it's against you, you're quite happy. Of you've course. Seen the foul go. Yeah. Orient created several good chances early on in the game. Moncur had a shot uh, straight at Oconquo in the seventh minute. Kelman had an effort tipped away for a corner in the 8th minute. Drew McKellar had a volley palmed away in the 13th minute. All Orient were just waiting at home to see that goal tweet come through or listening on the radio to, to listen to a goal. Didn't come though. No, 15 minutes on the clock now. Lawrence Vigorous uh, was forced into action for the first time in the match as he saved a Jays header. Yeah, fast forward in. 32nd minute of the game. Short corner played into George Moncur. 
glided past his man beautifully from a very tight angle. Somehow he fired a thunderous shot that hit the underside of the bar and then didn't cross the line and went straight back out away from goal. So unlucky there. That would have been a hell of a goal. He's gone with power over precision. Oh, yeah. but I think at that angle, I think you just need to get it low and on target. I thought he took the right option there. Unfortunately, it didn't bounce the other way. Um, I thought it was really unlucky there. Actually. Yeah, it's pinged out uh, for those that haven't seen it. Um, Stephen Duke McKenna had another effort in the 39th minute, but it was deflected wide by Mella for a corner. Yeah, 41st minute. And Brooke missed the target for Crew from 18 yards. Two minutes later, Satiru was shot wide from a tight angle. Nothing else to mention this one. It's the first half. Remain goalless at the break. Yeah, 2,104 souls packed out the Crew. Uh, Crew Alexandra Stadium there, 309 made that oh, journey right. up. Considering, what was it, four or five coaches? There's a couple of hundred. It was at least four. I read it was five somewhere, but I'm not sure. It yeah. was even four or five. Yeah, absolutely. So fair play to all of those that did that. Absolutely. Well done to all of you. There were no changes at half time for the O's, so let's skip to the 58th minute in and a double change in. There's Paul Smith and Theo Archibald came on to replace Stephen Drew McKenna. And we were And a minute later, Shad Ogie was booked for foul on Mella. Yeah, so nothing really being done on the pitch. Then 67th minute, Idris El Mazzuni and Aaron Dryden came on to replace George Moncur and Charlie Kelman in another double change for the O's. Yeah, we created a couple more chances as Theo Archibald shot straight at a conquo from outside the area in the 70th minute. Eight minutes later, El Mazzuni had a shot blocked and a minute later, Smith thought he'd put us ahead but the linesman had flagged for offside. Yeah, that one, I think the flag had gone up before Smith finished, so no surprise there. This was taken from the club's Twitter account in the 82nd minute. Smith is played in towards goal, can't inside wonderfully, but some heroic defending from the host somehow sees his goal-bound effort blocked. Big chance there for the O. Saw a few tweets saying he should have passed it to players who were probably better positioned with easier finishes. Mm, so he's a, he's a hungry striker, isn't he? So he's hungry and he's, and he's confident and he's not looking to assist he's looking yeah. to score but you know, another day he scores it and we're not talking about it Shad Ogie made a superb tackle in the 83rd minute to deny a Jay a shot on goal good good defensive block there big big point in the 86th minute is Craig Clay shown a straight red card for lunging on Brook he'd been dispossessed by Brook trying to recover the ball got it all wrong slid in on his man referee pulled out the red card straight away and Clay was given his marching orders. A lot of tweets, a lot of views on this one that are bound to come mm. up when we talk post-match, which he almost well, additionally mentions that as well. For me, read all day long. And I always look at a player after he's done a challenge. And again, you can watch this from the benefit of hindsight on the telly. Watch Craig play after he makes that challenge. He knows he's getting a red. He lies down on the floor. He's just waiting for the ref. He's already going like, no, 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 before he's even looked at the ref. Ref comes over to him and pulls out a red. Yeah. And again, a lot of views on this one, but if you give the ref a decision to make... To make, you take the words out of my mouth. He's got in two-footed, slightly higher, miscontrolled. The ground's yeah. wet, so it makes it look like he's going faster than what it probably is. Red all day long. Yeah, all absolutely day. right. And do you know what the, the sad thing is? Is It's in their half. It's fairly deep in their half, midway through their half. He didn't need to do that. He could have just let them. He could have just stood the man up, not gone to ground. He had his pocket picked. He's then gone in on Brooks, who's then been fed the ball. And whatever he was going to do, he could have got a block in if the guy was going to launch a pass forward. He could have just got a block in or stood it up or, or forced him back, whatever, forced him into an error, turnover possession, whatever. But he didn't. He made a rash decision. And he's then, like you just said, given the referee a decision to make. So even if that's a yellow card at best, um, 
he's given the ref a decision to yeah. make and at this level they're not great they're not giving you good stuff so um, it's, it looked like a red to me uh, to be honest with you and I've seen those fouls uh, those those tackles I've seen them given plenty of times a red card because you're not in control it's yeah. reckless and it's dangerous therefore so yeah unfortunately Craig I don't know how many games he misses is it one or three that he straight misses straight red well it depends it if they appeal it so again uh, Richie Wellen is his post-match they're talking about appealing if they appeal yeah, it they do I if they appeal it and it gets knocked then it goes up uh, the band goes yes, up so interesting to see what happened there so yeah he's obviously going to be missing for at least one game yeah it is uh, three minutes of time were added on and uh, were played in the 92nd minute crew ended up winning the game through Sambu with a move that started at the back that saw Mella played in on the right with a ball over the top his cross dubiously in my opinion I think that went out from the angle you can't tell positively or negatively if it did but for me I suspect it went out. His cross was met by Sambu, uh, who smashed his shot past helpless Lawrence Vigaru uh, to give Crew the winning goal. Um, uh, I thought that was a good goal, actually. I think we differ. Again, if you score it, you're like, great movement yep. on the wing, great movement from the forward. Who gets as a Crew fan, I'm delighted. As an Oriole fan, I'm as, as, a, as defensively, yeah, it's Tom James's man. He doesn't he hand just, him he over loses to Sambu. Yeah. Beckles is ball watching. Again, Viggs, from what Wenner is saying after the game, Viggs... It says the ball went out of play, but the camera angle was so far away, you're never going to be able to see it if yeah. it's not a Premier League game. But really disappointing. And again, you look at Craig Clay setting off as a turning point there. But Yeah, absolutely. You've know, you still, you still got to defend it. It doesn't defect from the fact that you have to defend yeah. stuff. And if there's no communication... I appreciate things happen at 100 miles an hour when you're in the, in the cuts, cut and thrust of war yeah. uh, on, on, on the pitch. But Tom James either has to go with the man and cover it because Omar's got his back to him and he doesn't know he's behind him or you've got to tell Omar and Omar's got to accept it and, and that's all got to happen pretty quickly Yeah, um, I accept that but so something so something's broken down there and the man's got away and put us out of our misery No, nothing further to talk about the full time whistle went and we're at the FA Cup at the first round or, um, although people may have short memories that we were in the third round Early this year, we 2022. were. <laughs> we were. We uh, have heard Richie Wellens's uh, post-match interview. Uh, are we gonna? We can do that. Yeah, let's play because it's not up on YouTube. It's not up anywhere else. Let's play. It's only three and a half minutes. So here's what Richie Wellens had to say to Dave Victor after the match. Richie, thanks for joining us. So many talking points. Let's start with the red card for Craig Clay. Yeah, there's no point in talking about a referee today. He was pouring a lot of aspects of the game probably cost us two goals and then the sending off um, we know what Craig is he's an honest player um, he slid in he took the ball and then when you take the ball your knee follows through and, he, and he's caught the lad for me it wasn't even a yellow never mind a, a red so um, you know, we just spoke about it now whether he'll appeal it or not but um, yeah it's a run call and there was another big call early doors when Lake Norton had the ball in the back of net from Charlie Kelman well I've just watched it back the, the goalkeeper slides out to catch it he slipped out he dropped it and Kelman comes in, takes one touch and took it round him, and then he scores. So, um, listen, we've had a bit of bad luck today, and hopefully we've used it all up in the, in the cup. Um, I'm disappointed for the travelling supporters because you want a cup run. Um, I just felt today that we've, our levels have just come off it a little bit. And that, I've just heard that Plymouth have got beat 5-1 off Grimsby. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah, yeah when you're working, when you, you're working at intensity levels to stay at the top of the league week in, week out, and you get this little game where it's like, if you come off it 5%, which I think we did, and um, even though we should have won the game, we should have easily won the game. Um, you know, it can cost you, and it's cost us today. 
And I suppose the final talking point came in injury time. I got the impression that Lawrence Figueroa clearly felt the ball across the line when Mellock brought it back from the byline. Yeah, I mean, it's because of the camera angle, it's so far away. And I think we need them cameras that zoom in. Um, that was more difficult to tell. I mean, I wouldn't begrudge them that goal um, because it's too close. The other's quite clear. The goalkeeper dropped it quite clearly. Paul Smith is on the side when he's through 1v1. Um, but we also have to take our chances as well. He was unlucky with Monks who hit the bar and then Smudge has gone, gone three one-on-one and he should just square it to, to Idris and it's a guaranteed goal. Um, but I've, I've been involved in so many games like this where if you don't take your chances, you run, you run the risk of losing 1-0. It was strange, wasn't it, Crews changing their manager on the yeah, eve of the strange. game? Very strange. And you know that he's going to... I, mean, I don't know how many was here today. It wasn't an intense atmosphere, but you know there's going to be a reaction from the players because all of a sudden there's a little change. But that doesn't really... Bother for, if, I, if I think about it now, I've probably made too many changes. Um, but if you know, when we look at the FA Cup, we play Saturday, Saturday. But obviously, we've got this Wimbledon from from the Queen's death is, has been put in. So my thinking has to be to the choose as well as this Saturday. Um, you know, I probably made one or two many too many changes. Monks needed the minutes because he's not trained for, for a while, not played because of his tooth. And I think that Jordan. Um, Shad needed a game because if we get if we get anything wrong with the centre halves, he needs to be able to to be able to play, and he's got minutes under him. Um, but yeah, probably maybe one two minutes. Wimbledon had a difficult had tie themselves at Weymouth. How are you now approaching that uh, local derby? The league clearly the priority to win. To win, I'll pick every single team to win. We picked a team to win. I know we made changes, but we picked a team to win. And what we've seen in the evidence, we should win the game. Um, you know, little things went against us, but the fact of the matter is we didn't defend a, a, a near post cross and we let allow a striker get across us and we, and we get beat 1-0. Worst case scenario, we should be leaving here 0-0 and we've got a replay. Got any injuries for that one? Just through Welch went over his ankle. Um, he would be the only one. Monks run out of legs, legs near the end just because of obviously his training schedule recently. Um, apart from that, yeah, it'll only be Adam Thompson that's missing. Good luck. Thank you. Uh, Dave Victor talking to Richie Welland after the game. Good little uh, post-match interview there. I think Richie very honest in his assessment there. And as always, thanks to Dave Victor for sending over uh, that interview. So, Bid Lejande, your views on the crew defeating the FA Cup? Yeah, I think we have slightly differing views here because I'd like to run in the FA Cup. I think it still holds magic and uh, it's still a prestigious cup and I'd still like to do something in it and get drawn against the big side in the, one of the later rounds. Um, so for me, I, I still like it. It's a good revenue generator for the club. Presents an opportunity to go to a different ground. I went to Stoke in January. Not the gl- most glamorous of places to go. Uh, sorry, but um, I also think that we obviously weren't a glamour tie for Stoke either. They did us two uh, 0 I don't think we deserve that loss, but look, it is what it is. And like Richard just said, he's made too many changes and it didn't pay off. The last time he did that, we went out the cup and and he took responsibility for it. That's fine and fair. And look, now it just means that we've got the league to focus on. No distractions, but it would have been two games in November for us. One in January. It's not a lot to add to the schedule unless there's obviously replays that come off the back of it. But another game that we're talking about where we had enough chances to win it, created enough, but didn't. And it's become a real theme of our season. Now, I'm not going in hard here because we are still top of the league. We've only lost one league game all season. But, you know, I watched the highlights of the Chelsea game um, back from the Papa John's Trophy where we didn't qualify for that. Arguably, I know people don't like it, but that was poor goals there. We're switching off and we're not burying the chances. We're not clinical enough in both boxes at times. And, you know... We talked about the Salford game where we've played them off the park and played our done our best performance, created loads, and 
we only won that 1-0. All right, a win's a win's a win's a win. It doesn't matter if it's 1-0 or 10-0. But arguably, at some point in the season, and I always said it, and I hope this doesn't come back to bite me, but we're not going to take our chance. And someone just counters us and scores and beats us 1-0 and we don't end up um, taking the points. So it's become a little bit annoying now. It's a bit of a niggle now that we keep talking about games where we're playing superbly, creating loads of chances and not taking them. Uh, for me um, looks like we just have to be focused on the league yeah which when you're top of the league is not a bad thing to be Correct. focused on so we have different views on this one so we're old enough right kids of the 80s early this 90s to remember my mind. Yeah, go on. to remember you know FA Cup being a massive deal when you'd sit in front of the telly in the third round draw and Match get the excited yeah. I remember going against Nottingham Forest in the late <laughs> 80s and Everton Division 1 clubs and Norwich going to Everton in 98 and seeing us play against Paul Gascoigne and Kevin Campbell FA Cup's different these days so even if we got a big draw away to Tottenham we we yes we'd be playing Tottenham Hotspur in name but you wouldn't be playing Tottenham Hotspur as you know it so you wouldn't Son, be playing Kane. Son Kane you'd be playing like we said maybe Eric Dyer. if you got Chelsea away you wouldn't be seeing any of their you'd be seeing Billy Carroll not Billy Carroll who's their Billy Gilmore, oh, sorry, Billy Carroll. Um, you'd be seeing absolute second-rate team. So, yes, it's great to have an away day. And I think the last time we saw that was Arsenal, right? But that arsenal Venga was still quite uh, romanticised by the FA Cup. And even that wasn't the strongest Arsenal team. No, it, it was a pretty strong Arsenal team. But it wasn't the strongest First Arsenal choice team. Fringes. And that, that was amazing. Yeah. And I'd love to have another day like that. But while we're top and there's bigger <laughs> fish to fry, I wasn't too upset with okay. yesterday I'd love to go to Anfield and see us play Liverpool but we wouldn't go to Anfield and play Mo Salah and Van Dijk and Trent you'd play against Harvey Elliott or whatever and yes it would be a great day we'd take 8,000 and yes we might end up on TV and it might be a bit of revenue but you get more revenue by winning League 2 this season and by getting yourself into League 1 and what would happen to play Devil's Advocate say we took crew to a replay in a week and a half and say we started Paul Smith and Theo Archibald say Theo done his hamstring in that game and is out for two months say God forbid something ha- worse happened to Paul Smith or something worse would happen to Viggs we'd all be sitting there going why has he played Viggs in the cup match why is Paul Smith playing in league? so it's really hard one for Richie to get right I'd love Orient one day to go on a massive FA Cup run because obviously 78 semi-final that people still speak about which must have been amazing at the time and we've, I can't recall how far we've seen Orient get. I think it's like the fifth round we've seen him get fifth to. Fifth round, yeah. I'd love to see him get to a semi. But I think in this day and age, <laughs> I just don't think it will ever happen. And if it does, we it won't be like you're seeing a Ronaldo come to Brisbane Road to no. play as part of a United squad. So mm-hmm. I, lo- I still love the FA Cup. But for me, for this season, while we're doing so well, you know, if it means we win on Tuesday and then get a week off next week between... Harrogate and Stockport and don't have to play replay in the middle of that against Crew, and so all we can do is focus for Stockport if I get my fixtures right yeah for a week and he hasn't got Crew in the middle of that for me perfect and if it means on the 26th eight players can take a well earned break for a week and get themselves fitter for the next batch of league games then for me I don't mind it this season because there's other more important stuff going if we were like 15th in League 2 now and you look at the season going with 15 points off the playoffs we're not going to go down, we're not going to go up, I quite like the cup run, I'd feel completely different about mm. it. But because of where we are, this mm. season, mm. I feel completely non, 
obliged to the FA Cup. The FA Cup okay. can do whatever it's got to do. So I've gone on a bit of a ranty one there. Real uh, interesting point though, and in the views that we're going to talk about, both sides are real interesting points. I think there's a bit of a generational gap on this one as well. I think the older you are, the more you respect the FA Cup, and the younger you are, the more you might not respect it as much. But nobody's right. Nobody's wrong. Lots of views come in. Nick Clark Ailes said, I'm in a minority. I wanted a replay and a chance to progress. I would have given more matches to fringe players. So I'm gutted, to be honest. Yes. Dirk Turk said, out with a whimper. Enough to win the game twice over. Wellens will be fuming. Ross McCaff said, strange to see so many people seeming almost happy. Replay's no fun, but no reason why we can't at least play our way into a big fourth round game. And games like this can halt momentum. On to the next. League is still the priority. PM31970 said, if we get promoted, all well and good, but disappointed to go out in the first round. That's a fair point. Fair at point. least we didn't go out to non-league opposition either. Yeah, but a few big upsets. There was. Uh, Doncaster. Around. Well, yeah, absolutely. Doncaster have Lincoln. gone. I think Stevenage really only won out of the top six in League 2 have gone through. So, some, yeah, some big upsets mm. out there. J394-39551. So I'd hate to say it, but Clay is not good enough for us anymore. Needs some midfielders in January, but at least we can fully focus on the league. Quite a bit of reaction to that tweet as well. Gold931 said, I'm not happy. Regardless of the situation, we are drawing nil-nil with seconds to go against the team in our league. We should see the game out and get a replay. Disappointing, to be fair. That's a fair point if you're looking at it from that perspective. Yeah. 93rd minute. Yeah, absolutely. Like literally the final kicks of the game. Yeah, literally they scored and it was done, wasn't it? Yeah. Pretty much. MS Orion feels the same joke after completely dominating a game of football versus a real trash side in crew. A cup run will generate loads of money and now we are out after not taking a hatful of chances and the Craig Clay stupid red. He's gone all Jimmy Smith, he's fuming. <laughs> Dan Alton 2590 said, might be in the minority but genuinely never been so unbothered at losing in stoppage time. Tuesday matters a million times more. Take out your annoyance on Wimbledon. Clay getting sent off just sums up his season so far. Not good enough for a top League Two side. Patrick, one flood to two goals disallowed. Red card and we lose in the 92nd minute. Out of the cup, first round again. Pretty nav result, to be yeah. honest. Paul Redrum said the team that should have been good enough to go to crew and comfortably get a win, but concerned about the lack of goals in the last few games. Samuel LOFC 97 says, oh well, first half we should have killed the game off but didn't. Second half was far too slow. Two goals disallowed. At least one was dubious as was the Reds. Less games though, so hopefully less injuries and we can focus now on getting out of League 2. Dave M1812 said, a game that we should have won. Need to be more clinical but we've been saying that for a few games now. Strange that we can't do much wrong in a league match or right in the cups I will accept that if we get it right on Tuesday Billy Cowell GB says an absolute disgrace sick and tired of exiting the FA Cup early every year Billy I thought you played for Chelsea mate had more than enough chances to kill the game off totally unacceptable that we didn't at least get a replay shocking Kid Sampson O said should be the final now in the coffin of Clay's O's career good servant but nowhere near the standard required at the top of this division as per usual we remain incredibly prolific in front of goal it's frustrating because we're so much better than the majority of League 2 sides so Howard Gould was there he tweeted us at half time saying we should win this based on the first half he tweeted us saying full time saying I echo my half time tweet very disappointing to lose to a poor crew team 
but maybe a timely reminder to keep focused. Tuesday will be very interesting. Molly Folly 2019 said, even if we go up as champions, not making the third round in the cup always leaves a bad taste and a feeling of disappointment and takes the shine off a season. I'm sick and tired of our continual disrespect for the FA Cup, be it fielding weakened teams or CEOs closing the East stand. If we win the uh, league and Molly Folly tweets us and saying, well, we didn't get to the third round of the FA Cup, in, I, I'm like I'm, I'm going to be speechless. I'm going to be absolutely speechless. Block. Barry PE seven five one one six two three eight says Wellens selected a team to get beat. I hope he's pleased with what he's put out there. I think that's a bit unfair. That tweet. At what point are we going to get through to the third round? Said Miller, president. We you don't hear Man City or Arsenal saying we're concentrating on the league. No, they go for glory on all fronts. Another payday wouldn't go amiss. And winning is habit forming. Very good point. Yeah, you go on point. a little cut run. It's a distraction from the league. You can equip yourself really well. Give a good showing of yourself, and it can help build further momentum. Yeah, yeah I point. mean, I I've seen a few of these comparisons with bigger teams. I think you got the thing you got to remember is the bigger teams have squads for tournaments, and they have internationals who walk into most other teams mm-hmm. within that Orient don't have that. Mm-hmm. So, although we've got a good squad. The quality of the not bench coming in mm. isn't the same quality as what you're replacing it with. Almost. Yeah. And for Man City and Arsenal, a few of the teams people have mentioned, the quality coming in can beat pretty much most other teams in in this country. Almost. But I take the point. Orion underscore Red said, you don't take your chances and then this is what happens. We got away with it last week. Not today. That being said, there are a lot of changes and I'm not too bothered about losing. It's the issue of not taking the chances that is concerning. Pandemonium 1881 said, stunning overreactions on both sides of the argument. It is disappointing to go out in what is the prestige cup competition and you would have hoped, despite the changes, we would have had enough to see off crew. Appears like we had enough chances to win the game and round two would likely bring further confidence and, of course, a chance of a cup run being great revenue and the fun of it all. But we lost and the important thing now is three points on Tuesday. Orient boy said, hope we don't get haunted by the early loss and all our cups as benefits lost. Squad plays games, drives quality, increased funds. National League champions was coupled with a FA, FA trophy, trophy final. Many missed chances again. <laughs> if only we had an out and out goal scorer. But if we need one in January, the cup money may have paid for it. That's a fair point as well. Postman Pat 1965 said, People saying the FA Cup don't matter. Fans remember always big away days in the Cup. That's what football memories are made of. Not a Tuesday night game at Wimbledon. I'm sure if crew go on and get Man United or Liverpool away in the third round, people will soon change their tune. But your point is right, that they will not be playing the Ronaldos and the and the Fernandezes of, 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 uh, the, of the world. They'll be playing their squad. To- barely, barely and, and that lot yeah 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 yeah. good point a final word this week goes to Freddie LOFC says I'm over it but can't be having people saying that it's a good thing that we've lost I think the squad is big enough and the main thing is though we get good points return from our next three games so yes. lots of talking points this week Mr Lee very much so very differing views which is why we put them in so let us know if you agree or disagree with any of the tweets that we've read out not just from yesterday's game but throughout this podcast let us know what you think you can tweet us we're at Orient Outlook uh, we are on Twitter despite Elon Musk uh, taking over we have no issue with that so we, we are remaining on, on that we never had a blue tick well we don't have our own website so we can't be blue ticked anyway but 
a if month's we did want to bring it, yeah, yeah, yeah. we've got to pay eight dollars a month for it now. Um, <laughs> or you can email us. We're orinoutlook at outlook.com. We're also on Facebook. You can send us a message on Messenger, which people have been doing. So thank you for being in touch with us. Just search Orin Outlook podcast. So we move on then to Carol Langley Flores prediction league update. Yeah, only one correct prediction uh, for the crew game. So well done to Shrimpy underscore boy, yeah. who is the only person to correct to correctly guess the score in this one. So. Top of the prediction league, that to O's fan started mm. to put away a little bit. He's leading on 19 points. In second place, David Landau, 17 on 16 points. And behind them on 13 points, LOFC underscore Dan, O's fan basing, and Steve Chaplin for the full prediction league table was posted on our Facebook page yesterday. So if you do want to look where you are, go to our Facebook page and have a look. And as always, thank you for your predictions, everybody. Absolutely. Sunday the 6th of November, today as we record this, the ladies were due to be in action against AFC Leighton in a top-of-the-table clash, but due to the poor weather conditions, the match has been postponed. Yes, but one hour, 27 minutes, four seconds, let's wrap up this bad boy. So fantasy football update, Chris Ragstuff is top of the Orient Outlook podcast, Fantasy Football League on PremierLeague.com. He's got 942 points. Uh, in the table ahead of second placed Lewis Fear on 917 points as it stands I'm in 216th place out of 355 plays but Salah's double has probably shifted me up uh, at least a couple of places so go and check uh, the app or the website to see where you are in our Premier Fantasy League so we've got some positives and negatives uh, this week so of let's the kick off yeah, yeah, sorry you, of the fortnight you can do positive this week okay so we've got two league wins so far in this fortnight uh, or so far in the fortnight we've had two league wins we've had two clean sheets we are still top of the football league and we have a superior goal difference yeah we certainly do negatives in out of the last fortnight we are out of the FA Cup due to that late goal an avoidable late goal second one based mainly on performances from the last two games creating enough chances to win by more than a goal against Salford and creating enough chances to at least score yesterday not being taken mm-hmm. and the last negative from yesterday was Craig Clay's red card so he'll know it will be for at least a minimum of one game yeah and possibly you could add to that Ruel's picked up a slight injury yeah, so yeah, hopefully that's right. not yeah. too Strong. So, Carol Langley Florist also sponsor our Hero of the Week. And we didn't bother putting this to Twitter. They're a clear winner this week. And there are quite a few of them. So, well done to... It's the away fans who made the journey to crew. So, well done to those 309 away fans, was it? Yep. Yeah, well done to the 309 hardy souls who spent all of yesterday getting to crew and back to support the team so next week's fixtures in mm. back to league action two away fixtures now uh, as we now head into a busy period of away matches so first up Tuesday 8th of November it's the golden ticket we travel to AFC Wimbledon making our first trip to the new Plough Lanes AFC Wimbledon came down last season 15th in league two Drew one all with Weymouth yesterday in the first round of the FA Cup last six though they're starting to improve they've won three drawn one and lost to be a difficult game that one. Mm. And on Saturday, 12th of November, we're going to Harrogate. They're 21st in League 2. We went there earlier in the year, didn't we, after Richie first got a job and hammered them 3 0. Uh, I think. Although yeah. they did beat Bradford City away yesterday, beating 1 0. So last six, they've won one, drawn one, 
and lost four. So if you go into any of those matches, have a safe journey. You can always tweet us on your journey in the ground or leaving the ground. We'll always love to hear from you. Also, Wednesday night for November is a very special day. The bearded Lejande celebrates another birthday. Paul, I wish you a beautiful birthday. Thank you very much. Look forward to uh, another year older, more grey hairs. <laughs> so a sponsorship reminder, don't forget, if you're thinking of moving home, keep it in your own family. Save a few quid by using trusted estate agents, Town and Country Essex. You can give them a call through on 01279 883 or 07528 471 497. They're also on Twitter at TNC Harlow or at Charlie underscore Paul. So that is it. Yeah, thanks to everyone who's joined us for episode 299. It's been an eventful two weeks at the Orient. Good progress being made in League 2 with two games, six points as we continue to push on in our promotion charge, which is now the only hope for success this season as any hopes for an O's FA Cup run were ended at the weekend with the 1-0 loss to Crew Alexandra. So it's back to League 2 action. Two difficult away fixtures coming up. But hopefully this time next week, we'll be talking about another couple of wins for Richie Williams' Red and White Army in a very, very special episode. Indeed. If you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe. Give the podcast a five-star rating. It really helps with the algorithms and for the casual fans to, to find us. So uh, give us a review, whatever platform you get your podcast from. If you're listening on SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn or Stitcher, add us to your favourites. And that way, you'll have all the podcasts available as soon as we upload them. We're also on smart speakers and the Fan Hub app, so listening has got even easier. If you've got an older relative, a loved one, or an Orient chum who you think will like the podcast, grab their phone, download it for them, and pass the pod. Yeah, so we'll be back with a landmark episode 300. 200. Do you remember we had Martin Ling and Elliot Byrne? Yeah, I can't remember who was on for 100. 50 was in the supporters club with George Sessions, Matt Porter... Karen Harrison. Yeah. And I want uh, Adam. Matt Simpson. Matt Simpson. Of course it was. Yeah. So 50 was big. 100 was big. 200 was big. 300, I don't think, will be uh, guested with anyone, but we'll get some messages as always and we'll see what comes in from other people for our 300 episode. So we'll be back then next week with all the views that you could ever need. We look forward to hearing from you. And as always, keep calm, stay safe, have a great week. And listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's.